everyone, I'm Larissa Russell of Creative You, and I'm your host of the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Here's where we talk about the connection between creativity and healing by interviewing amazing creatives, spectacular healers, and inspiring people who have used creativity in their healing. What does it mean to be creative? What is creativity? You don't have to write a best-selling book or paint a masterpiece or even play in a rock band. Creativity is in everything that we do, in the ways we think, in the way we run a business, in our everyday lives, we are creative all the time. Let's talk about how we are creative and how creativity helps us heal mentally, physically, and emotionally, right now on the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Larissa Russell of Creative You Healing, and welcome to the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Today, I have with me Jackie Johnson. So Jackie is a holistic brand strategist who founded Wilding Botanicals, Wilding Herbs, and Wilding Dreams Consulting. Through her businesses, she has created proprietary body care and herbal supplement products from homegrown clean ingredients she farms herself. Jackie's credentials also include a 15-year career in business, helping grow retail hospitality and fitness companies before striking out on her own to create luxury wellness products she wasn't finding in the marketplace. She brings a much-needed perspective to the beauty world by joining nature and business together so that she can empower others to continue growing into the hashtag wild beauty they already are inside and out. So welcome, Jackie. Hi, I know my hashtag throws people out a lot. That's all right. But it's part of our culture now, the hashtag. So, you know, that's important. Yeah. So, so welcome. So can you share some of your story and the path that's brought you here? Yes. Yeah, so my story has not always been the self-care wellness journey. I mean, I was a licorice person. I ate licorice all day and it, Twizzlers was like, you know, it's a meal, chocolate milk. Um, so, and then I also worked in the corporate world um, at some, in the pharmaceutical industry um, and hardcore retail. So that is my first initial, it's just like customer service, general customer service. And as my journey went on, I had um, health events. Well, I had multiple, but the most devastating one to my confidence and self-esteem was when 70% of my hair fell out and then I had a head to toe rash. And that is when I realized that my corporate, very cutthroat and unhealthy way of living was affecting my health. Um, and that's kind of how my story began. Wow. Yeah, that, that, would, that would put me on a journey to find something different too, I think. Yeah. So, so then what does healing with creativity mean to you? So for me, it really means like, it's not just about doing something with our hands. People are like, oh, I can draw. But it's just the, really the connection, the mind-body connection um, with healing. So when you put your hands to something, there is a connection. You're putting your energy into it and you are creating something that invokes some type of actual in- energy back to yourself as well. Like if you draw something, I feel like it. you put it out, but when you see it, it, it heals you. It actually connects with you in a way. In a way. So the mind-body connection and healing is you put energy out and then you do receive energy from it. Yeah. Yeah. I would absolutely agree with you on that. And I, I am constantly saying that there's creativity in everything we do. It's not just about, you know, writing a novel or painting a masterpiece or playing in a symphony. Creativity is like gardening or starting a business, you know, it's literally in everything we do. And so I think it's so important to remember that and what feeds you is what's going to heal you. Oh, and, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And, and we can't give if we're not in a healing space or we're in a whole space. I always call it that holistic life instead of holistic. Um, I, I think with the, the busy lives that we have, people are just like, well, I have to do, 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 do. And I'm like, yeah, but if you don't have the energy and you're not holding that space or you're not having faith in what you're doing, it's really hard for you to transfer that into your, your job, your family, your art or whatever, your business, whatever it may be. It's hard to transfer energy you don't have. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree. So then what would you say inspires you in the work you do? So, I mean, I was like, I was like, oh, the people I touch. But first, like we just said, me going through that, I realized that there was a disconnect. And then when I started talking to more of my colleagues and coworkers and other entrepreneurs, I realized that there was some common denominators there. Um, and then that's when I felt that I needed to start that journey, not for just for myself, but for others around me. So people could feel comfortable to talk about these, you know, situations, health or creativity or businesses. I didn't feel like there was a space there. So that really what inspires me to making my products all the way down to doing my consulting is I want there to be a space for people to have these conversations and, and a whole view, not just segments of our lives that, or not feeling comfortable to talk to, about it. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think that's that's really important. The conversations, right, that we have and how freely we can speak about things and, and discuss, but also learn from one another as well. And yeah, that's, that's great. So as, as a business owner, but you're also a healer and a creative, quite often as a healer and creative, the thought of monetizing our work is, you know, we're shunned for it. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yes, we are. So, but if you're trying to run a business, so what are your thoughts on monetizing healing and or creativity? I think that, you know, monetization comes in different ways. And if your heart and intentions are pure when you're doing it, there is no reason why you shouldn't be compensated. I think it's when we get to that cutthroat business tactics or we get all about the money um, and, or we get blinded by the money that we're not truly connecting and engaging and actually sharing with our audience, that's where the issues arise. It's not necessarily the monetization. It's if that's the only thing you see. And I think everyone should be compensated for their gifts. Even people that are volunteering, they may get a free gift or some other type of, you know, compensation, but everybody should be compensated because um, in business, it's a relationship. There is a give and take. There, there is that there's a value exchange and ultimately a relationship. So I guess I think of business in a different way of forming relationships and give and take and adding and, you know, blessing someone and receiving a blessing. And, you know, the proof of that is, you know, sometimes I look at my bank account and I'm like, man, I made some money. That's great. Um, but it's not all of it, what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I've had this conversation with a number of people and I think, the general consensus, I won't say everybody, but the general consensus is that it's that energy form where, you know, the give and take, if you will, and, and the fact that you value what has value, right? And in, mm -hmm. our, in our culture, money is valued. So, yeah. yeah. I agree. And, and, it's, and I guess it's sad in the way that we can't barter for everything. I do barter because I, I like to do that. You know, I rather exchange a service for something that's seven hundred dollars. <laughs> you know, I I rather do that. But like you said, people don't always value the free either. 
And if we're putting a lot of energy in it and time and as mothers, I mean, I'm a single mother. I have two kids. I'm putting people in childcare or trying to get things covered. I have to pay someone else some type of monetization to share my gift. So I, yeah, I don't think we should be shamed or I guess feel shame, ashamed, you know, for getting money. Mm-hmm. Things cost money. Yeah. Things <laughs> cost money. You're right. <laughs> so what then, what's the creative healing modality that you use the most for yourself? For me, I'm, I start off every day with a one hour bath, looking out the window and like, and people are like, that sounds silly, but I'm like, I need that hour before my kids wake up to sit in the bathtub and stare out or do meditation or light my candles. I need that because I know if I don't do that space, it's not going to work. And then, like I said, I, I create my products. So I'm always putting my hands in something. I'm always moving. I'm a mom. I sit on city council where I live. I got a boyfriend, you know, like, I'm, like I, but the self-care piece, I start that off at the morning straight off. And the times I don't, my whole day suffers. And I'm pretty sure people around me wish I did my self-care in the morning, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I love that. And I think, and that, that morning ritual to start your day. I, I love that. Mine is meditation and journaling. Um, only because my bath, I hate my bathtub. It's awful, but <laughs> I the wish it was iron tug. I, It's oh. like the cast iron up to the neck. So if you don't you fall asleep, you may end up under the water. You gotta watch, you gotta watch out. But, but like you said, that journaling, it probably, because I like writing a bit too. Um, and I'm a formulator, so I'm always thinking about formulations, but putting that pen to paper, there's nothing like it. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it just having something, whatever that is for your own self is so important. Do you reflect on it? I'm all interested now because I, when I write something, I usually wait like a year or two later and I read it and I see my journey or my growth. I know some people that don't read their old journal entries, but I have stuff from when I was eight years old and it may just be one or two pieces of paper. And I'm like, wow, I was really thinking about some stuff. (laughs) I definitely have some journals that I um, keep, usually if I'm working on a project or working through something specific. I I keep those journals and I have gone back years later, not usually right away, but typically my daily journaling that I do, like sort of that brain dump that just to get things flowing, um, I do it in a Tombow marker, which is a water soluble marker. And then Mm. I take a brush with water afterwards and, and just make it a background in my art journal. And then I do art over it. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. man. Sorry, you guys. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm like, maybe this is something I need to pick up for my morning modality, <laughs> like on self-care, because just the, you, the way you described it was just like, it just sounded like a journey. And also, it was a piece of you. The artistic it really part. is, because it's, it's my ritual. And I actually lead a class in the morning where we do a meditation, we do a journal, journal, like we journal, and then we discuss. And, and then I use those um, journaling pages. Like I said, I'll, I'll take water on a brush and just make a background for my art journal. And then I create art on that. So um, I don't always get to the art right away, but they're there waiting for me so that I can. Yeah. And it's just to me, a great way to start the day meditation, journaling, and a discussion with enlightened women. (laughs) <laughs> oh it's like the trio you just hit like all the, the whole trio to set the day up for success right from the gate yeah. oh, I'm gonna have to take that up I'm gonna have to join some of your classes 
yeah oh, you have to check it out because <laughs> we we love it so you know others are welcome others are welcome so <laughs> back to you <laughs> I know I was like hey I'm all about self-healing and you know the journey so you touched me I had to elaborate on it <laughs> no I love that I love sharing so it's okay so what would you say you're the proudest of in your life my children because I wasn't supposed to be able to have children so my son it's like he's my buddy people was like what do you mean I'm like he's my buddy like I we have such a different connection my daughter she's more challenging but she has a strength oh my gosh that for a three-year-old I'm like you're gonna be doing some things you're gonna make mommy look like little in your future because the things that she says and does does but my children are definitely a reflection of you know me but also who I want to be Mm, yeah, I think that's really interesting. I my youngest grandchild, my current youngest grandchild is four, because um, they're gonna she's gonna be a big sister right away. But um, her personality, I, like you think at that age, like they have, but no, they have a very formed personality, <laughs> and she is gonna take over the world. I know it. Her big sister's very quiet and you know contemplative, and probably will help her like be in the background supporting her, but I, I just know that it's going to take over the world. <laughs> yeah. My, my youngest is hot and cold, but I'm like that sometimes too, or my younger years. So I was like, this is a reflection of me. I'm going to learn some patience, but um, yeah, that has to be the proudest thing is our children, you know, that legacy build. And um, yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah. My children are much older and just gone on to do their own amazing things and start their own amazing lives. And I just, I'm proud to be a part of that and to know that I helped form them into the people they are. So mm. I, I get that. I get uh, that one. I know most people are like your kids, like what in the world? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. There's something yeah. about them. <laughs> we kind of like them, you know? Yeah. Just a little, just a little, keep them around. That's right. <laughs> Oh, so if you could change one aspect of our society through your work, what would it be? Just that work-life balance. I really wish it was taught and cultivated and encouraged. So those three things in society, because I think we really get caught up with being out of balance. And a lot of people don't even know where to start. Oh, that's so true. That is so true. Because our culture is very much, you know, work driven, you go to work, and you work hard, and you have to do for others as much as Mm -hmm. possible, right? And, and those of us who have figured it out, uh, know that's not true. Right. And (laughs) then I out there to people. It's not true. Right. And then I've, I've been talking to my clients or even people ask me, how are you able to be on city council? You have two kids, you homeschool, and they just start listing all my stuff out and like, you're happy and you're always hiking and you're farming because you're a farmer. Like, how do you do it? And I just say, because I do what feeds my passion and I work my business. I'm not being worked by my business. I'm not getting worked by my life. I think people get worked over, you know, yeah. really by every it, you know, from business to relationships to kids, I think people just get beat up. And I just, I really wish that would change. And we cultivate a whole nother mindset and encouraging people to really step out in their passions, not stepping out in their fears. 
Oh, I love that. I love the way you just uh, worded that because I think that's so important. Um, our fears drive us. Mm-hmm. Our fears drive our culture, mm-hmm. you know, from the news we watch to the insurance we need to, you know, to everything that the laws and, and things that we have in place is all fear driven. And so if we can come from a place of love and passion, imagine what we could do in this world. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I really think that it's a movement like this, these kind of conversations and the healing and understanding it's a journey. And I mean, it's a movement that every time we speak, we're impacting someone's life. And some people are so fear driven. Like I said, they don't know where to start and they don't have anyone to link arms with. And they're just like, if I don't, I have to do this. I have to do this because society or my mom, or I read in a book or whatever. And those, the fear, I mean, it just can take over your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I work with ladies every day who are starting to step past that. Cause even to contact me or to start a course with me, you have to step past that fear into, mm-hmm. Ooh, there, there's a choice here and there's opportunity for me to do something different. Right. So, right. And so, yeah, all the people who are still living in fear don't even know where to find me. Right. Because they, yeah. Well, we're going to shake them up. They'll find you. They'll shout. They'll <laughs> well, find you. We're coming to the dark corners now. <laughs> yes. But that's really what we're doing. Every time we share in our space and engage and connect, we are going in those darker corners. We are creating a space that people can come out of the darkness and see that we're shining. And they're like, I want to shine in that. I have that gift. So I love that. I love the way you said that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> So, so imposter syndrome, it's one of those things women just suffer with. Although I have been talking to a number of men lately who I honestly did not realize are struggling with it as well. Um, so I'm going to say everyone at some point struggles with imposter syndrome. Have you? And if so, how do you deal with it? I think I have. I think it's a, I always, I can say it's a day-to-day struggle. I don't think it's that um, often, but I just have to check in. And like the balance piece, you know, I think me saying, oh, it's them, them, and they're coming, you know, (laughs) like you're saying, they're coming to get us, you know, I think, or feeling crowded. It really, I start off every day, like my self-care, really looking at me, because I'm the only common denominator, you know, (laughs) you know, if I keep having that same sense of stress or someone crowding me or the imposter syndrome or whatever, I'm the only common denominator in all those situations. So all I can really do is work on me. And it's not, you know, it's not easy always time to look, look at ourselves (laughs) and be like, I am dealing with this and I need to overcome it. But I think that's how I deal with it. And I really work on me more. Yeah. And I I totally agree with that because the more you step into your authenticity and your true self, you deal with it less and less because you're not, you're being true. You're not, Mm-hmm. trying to be something you're not. So I think that's absolutely the case. So by any chance, do you have an inspirational quote that you live by? Oh, I say stuff all the time. <laughs> like, my, I guess the way it's I talk is sweet. a quote. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I say stuff, but like currently I'm on this, like let go to grow, like letting go of fears and terrors so you can grow, letting go of relationships that you don't need to be in. And I, I've been saying that a lot, I think the last four months, I even had someone make me a custom 
bracelet. They sent it to me in the mail that said, let go to grow. I must say it so much <laughs> that they were like, you need this bracelet because she's a jewelry designer. Her name is um, Chris. And I just was so shocked that, but that has been my quote for the last four months that we have to let go to grow, let something go and fill it with our passions. Let, you know, but we have to start with us of letting things go that don't serve us any longer. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and, and just on that, like you said, for the past four months, I think we do change up our quotes quite often. It's not necessarily a quote we, that we live by forever, but we, you know, we bring in a motto or a quote to um, reinforce what we're doing at the time. And, but I love that, let go to grow. And I, I know I've said it before. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's become a motto, but it has, uh, I have definitely said it and it's such an important part. So, yeah, I think so. So is there anything else you'd maybe like to add that we haven't discussed today that our listeners may need to know? No, I'm just going to encourage everyone to do their self-care. Please do it. It starts with you. It's self-care is not selfish. Find that passion, find that whatever, whatever it may be, the writing, the singing, the dancing, the running, find that space and enjoy it. Let that feed your passion. So it spills over into the other parts of your life. Yeah. I think that's a perfect way to end it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to thank you so much for being here today and, and talking to our listeners. And to our listeners, we will see you again next week. And in the meantime, I wish for you amazingly creative days. Are you a daily journaler? Do you want more creativity in your day? We have two great creativity journals to start your day with. One for people who already have a journaling practice and one for people who are new to journaling. Both are an amazing way to start your day. Both make the perfect gift for a person in your life. Check out Have an Amazingly Creative Day and How Do I Have an Amazingly Creative Day. Both currently available on Amazon. Click the link below to purchase yours now.